Hey everybody, and welcome to the Money Made Easy podcast. Every week we'll catch up with all things money, honey. It's your hosts, Angelica and Tisha. We're coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can follow along with us on Instagram and also on our website at moneymadeeasypodcast.com. We'll be talking all things money, earning it, saving it, and investing it in the easiest way possible. Our goal is to educate, uplift, and empower you to feel confident in your financial decisions. Now, you may be asking yourselves, are you both money experts? (laughs) Heck no, not even close. (laughs) We're far from it. We'll be bringing on some of the best experts in the business to set you up for success. Now, on to this week's show. Okay, guys, today we are so lucky. We have such an amazing guest. We have been really looking forward to this one. So a a quick summary for Sarah Von Bergen of Yes and Yes Blog, for those of you that follow her on Instagram, which is pretty much everybody I know because I tell everyone. (laughs) She's a writer, a coach, an educator, and she helps people spend their time, money, and energy on purpose. I mean, how great is that? Her resources have helped people save hundreds of thousands of dollars and find happiness with their money. So let's welcome Sarah Von Bergen to the show. Hi. Hi Sarah. Um, why don't we just start for anybody that doesn't know? I know most of the questions, most of the answers to the questions I've, <laughs> I've got for you, but for those that don't and aren't familiar with you, why don't we start with what got you into saving money and uh, what, what ignited your passion for saving money? Oh gosh. Well, I would say, um, I have always been relatively mindful about spending money. Um, but when I started to get really serious about it was, um, after I had graduated from college and I had a bunch of school debt, just like everybody else. Um, I had, I have a master's degree and an undergraduate degree. And I, when I was finished with those two degrees, I had about um, $50,000 for the school debt. Um, and I, at the time I was working in ESL, I was an ESL teacher at a nonprofit. So just imagine I was, I was making $16 an hour with a master's degree living in Minneapolis and Minneapolis is not, I mean, it's not San Francisco or anything, but it's, you know, it's one of the top, I think 15 most expensive cities um, in the U S. So you can imagine about how that was going. And so being in that situation really sort of pushed my hand to get serious about um, managing my money. And so the way I navigated money, it wasn't something that I read about. It wasn't something that I talked to people about. I just did something that made sense for me. Um, And what I found was people, and, and I was blogging at the time, um, people looked at my life um, and looked at what I was able to do with my nonprofit salary, living by myself, not getting any financial support from a partner or from my parents. And people were just, they, they didn't understand how I could do it. They thought there was a trick. Um, I literally heard that a friend of a friend believed that I had a trust fund. Uh, my parents... Oh, wow. My parents were public school teachers in rural Minnesota. <laughs> there, there was no trust fund. And I was able to, using these methods that I had sort of developed myself, I was able to save enough money on my nonprofit salary to quit my job and travel internationally for 11 months. And I did this, you know, without like 
I still, I lived in a cute apartment in a nice neighborhood. I wore cute clothes. Like there was the occasional meal out. Like it wasn't just rice and beans and 17 roommates and like taking the bus everywhere. (laughs) Um, So, and I just thought what I was doing was normal. I just did what came naturally to me. Um, I have literally up to that point, I had read literally one book about money in my entire life, but people started saying to me, like, how are you doing this? What is your secret? This person thought I had a trust fund. So that's sort of what made me realize, like, I guess I'm doing this differently than other people. And maybe I should talk about it because it just came naturally to me. So it didn't occur to me that I needed to tell anybody about it because it just seemed obvious. And apparently it wasn't. So from that, did you just start blogging about it? And that's how you started talking about it mostly just through your blog? Well, I had, um, I've been blogging, um, for 11 years now, which is bananas. You're one um, of the originals. Yes. Yeah. I've been doing it for, for more than a decade. And even if you look back at those old blog posts, there are a few blog posts from like 2009 where I talk about like how to have fun, you know, if you're broke or like, you know, cool things to do while you're waiting for your paycheck to come or, you know, how to put your money where you're happy is, which is actually the name of my big money course that I teach now. But if you look back, there are blog posts where I wrote about these concepts in like 2008, 2009, 2010. Um, But so I just started writing about it. Relatively small ebook about some of these concepts and about some of the stuff that I did. It was like a $17 ebook and people were getting really, really good results just from this $17 ebook. Like a, a woman emailed me and said that she had paid off $4,000 worth of credit card debt in six weeks wow. from the stuff I talked about in this $17 ebook. And because I had been a classroom teacher for so long, I know that the results that people get when they are getting like accountability, leadership, group support are exponentially better I mean, most of us are not self-starting learners. (laughs) Not, not everybody can like read a $17 ebook and be like, yep, this has changed my, some people can, but a lot of people need more accountability than that. Um, So I created a course that I call Bank Boost that I run live that has weekly emails, accountability challenges, live calls, because most people need more than just an ebook or a workbook. Right. When did you uh, do this first ebook of yours? Um, well, I have I have done I published um, my first ebook that is not, that was not related to, that was about um, travel solo travel probably like eight years ago. But the original Bank Boost um, ebook came out I think two or three years ago. Okay, okay. Still, the fact that you came out with any ebook eight years ago again a pioneer yeah. for sure. <laughs> Most people didn't even know what an ebook was. Eight oh years yeah, ago. I mean, let's be honest. It was it was a Google. It was a PDF that I put together in Google Docs with like Creative Commons photos from Flickr. But it still had it had tons of great information in it, and right. I mean, it still does. Yeah, that is one of the things. Um, travel and finances is another kind of combo of yours: happiness and finances, travel and finances. Um, just from experiences again, where you've gotten most of your knowledge on it all. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I've been to, I've been traveling. I've been doing like serious international travel since I was 18. I'm 40. Um, and I've been to, I think now 38 countries and most of the countries I've been to a lot of them I traveled to by myself. Um, so everything. And I've also done about probably between like 17 and 20,000 miles of road trips 
often by myself. So if I'm tell if I'm sharing a travel tip, let me assure you, it is because I like figured that out the hard way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, one big factor of like, I mean, I've only ever been out of the country once and it was for work. So I just always am so scared of the idea of like how expensive it can be or just like international flights and all of that. So it's so refreshing to hear that, you know, there is another end of it. You can definitely do it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, it depends on where you live in the U S obviously, but like, I would honestly say the majority of foreign countries are cheaper than the U S and, and also like the, usually the flight is the most expensive thing. Mm -hmm. Like if you go to um, a developing country or even countries, you know, there are a lot of European countries where things are cheaper than they are in New York or LA, like many, many countries or, and also like, you don't have to stay in Paris. You don't have to stay in London. There are lots of cities that are less expensive. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. I was pretty excited in going to Paris last year that my flight ended up only being $95 because of my. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I always tell people like if you, some people um, struggle to use credit cards judiciously. Um, and I am, I really teach my students do not carry a credit card balance. Um, but if you are somebody who is brain it, if your brain is wired in the way that you can use a credit card and pay it off every month, oh my God, put everything on your credit card for those points and those miles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know they get you with all those benefits for sure. Yes. Yes. But I will also say like, if you, if you're carrying a credit card balance or if you are not somebody who can use a credit card judiciously, don't like, it is not worth it to put stuff on a credit card for the miles. If you're then carrying a balance of $6,000. Yeah, Um, definitely not. Uh, What is, what are a few of your top tips when that you teach your bank boost students? Um, Well, one of the things that I tell my students, and this applies to everything in life, um, but it particularly applies to money is that um, your success correlates directly to how uncomfortable you're willing to be. Um, so talking about negotiating prices down, negotiating your pay up, asking for refunds, doing returns, um, promoting yourself and your work multiple times, um, pitching for things that you think are out of your league. Um, I'm sure you've seen those statistics about, um, how a woman, if a woman sees a job ad, she needs to tick like 95% of the qualifications to apply for the job. And the average man only needs to tick like 40%. Um, or negotiating your bills down almost every bill, the reoccurring bills that you have, like your internet, your cell phone, those things. Um, almost all of those are negotiable. Anytime you see a promotion for a competitor, you can call your company and tell them like, I've been with you for five years. Your competitor is, you know, selling this for $20 less a month. Um, would you be willing to match it? It costs a company three times as much to convert a new customer as retain an old one. Pretty much every, every company, T-Mobile, Comcast, everybody has a department that is literally called customer retention department. It is their goal to keep you. Um, so all of that stuff, uh, or having conversations with people who owe you money, having tough conversations, like somebody invited you to their destination wedding and it's going to cost you $2,000 to go. All of those things are totally uncomfortable, but if you're willing to do them, you are going to add thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to your bank account. So true. So such good info. Oh, I think that's 
one of the main reasons why we started this is because we know how taboo a topic is of money, you know, to talk mm -hmm. about. And, you know, it's, it's a very uncomfortable conversation. Um, you know, some people, I mean, growing up, my mom, like, never told us how much she, like, it was, like, confidential information to find out how much she made and yeah. everything like that. And not that we were crying, but, you know, it was just, like, such yeah. a thing. And our family was so, like, you didn't hear about it much, but, like, you knew, like, things were getting taken care of. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's also so ironic considering we're all working and we all have bills yes. to pay. We all, like, have to be making money, but, yeah, yes. Talk about yes. It. Also, and I mean, in the in the U.S., the average American has um, about six thousand dollars worth of credit card debt, um, and people who went to a four year university have, I want to say, like an average of like thirty five thousand dollars worth of credit card debt. Yeah. Um, so there's, and the thing is, like, that's the average. So there are people with more, there are people with less, and it's common. But when we keep it a secret, like one of the things that I tell tell my students and make loose and put your money where you're happy is, is talking about money is a gift to everyone around you. Yeah. Like telling them how much you make, how much you charge, how much it costs to redo your kitchen, how much you paid for your house and why it costs that much. I was at a dinner party um, with some friends who had just bought a new house and I know what those friends jobs are and I knew the neighborhood of the house and it wasn't completely sinking up in my mind like what was going on with this house and those and the jobs that they have, but I wasn't going to be like, so what's the deal here? Yeah. <laughs> but after a few glasses of wine, one, the, the husband said like, you know, something about like our house, you know, like we bought this house or something. And then his wife said, honey, let's be honest. Your parents own 20% of the house and, and, and the bank owns the other 80% of the house. And it was, and everybody was sort of like laughed uncomfortably, but I wanted to be like, oh my God, thank you. Yes. Like there's no, like, it's not your fault if your parents can help you out. Zero, right. zero shame, zero judgment. But now the fact that we know that now I don't have to feel bad about myself yes. for not being able to afford a house in this neighborhood when I know that you guys are a public school teacher and a social worker and you're living in this really expensive zip code. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's uh, so important. I mean, there is no shame in it. If you no. if you're getting help from your parents or a trust fund or whoever, an yeah. uncle best friend, whatever, you, you know? Yeah. yeah. And there's also no shame in like, you have a bunch of school that because nobody helped you and you had to pay your way through it yourself. And maybe when you were 20, you didn't make the world's best financial decisions because literally your brain isn't fully developed yet. Well, well and there's no resources. I mean, like yeah. I remember graduating and uh, it's just, you graduate and you're like on this high level. And then all of a sudden the next day you're you know, a normal yeah. person in society and you have all these bills and debt and you have no idea how to start paying or when they'll start charging you. Like they keep that information very discreet. So you almost like make those mistakes and, you know, end up having to pay more. Mm -hmm. Part of my background and part of why I wanted to do this show is because um, I was, I got married young and I was married for 23 years. And so then after, even though I paid all the bills during our marriage, um, if we paid them off every month. So I, you know, I thought I was such a good financial person, but I didn't think about the fact that when I needed more money, I would just call my ex and say, you know, we're going to need another $3,000 in the account to pay, to pay all the bills. And it would just appear. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> yes, yeah. I and I um I have a private free um Facebook group called Money and Happy where we, we do. Talk about this part kind of it. Of stuff. Love oh, it. Good. Um, yes. And maybe you probably see me post in there like you know hashtag controversial opinion, but you need to have a if you're married or if you're living with a partner, you need a bank account that is your money. You need the passwords to every account. You need to know where your investments are. And you need to like, if you have a joint account and your part, you need to like be aware of your, what your partner is spending. And I would also say that, especially like once your kids are in school, like I really think that you need to be doing something to earn some money of your own. Nobody thinks they're going to get divorced. Nobody thinks their partner is going to get hit by a bus, but it happens every day. And I know multiple women who have, you know, gone through surprise divorces or lost a spouse and that's traumatizing enough. And it's so much worse when you don't have any work experience for 15 years or right. you don't even have the password to like your investment or, or you don't have the password to your bank account. Yeah, it was, it's the last 12 years of definite 13 years have been a true learning experience mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things, um, you know, they say, turn your mess into your message. So it's like, mm -hmm. I want to talk about money. And luckily yeah. and I did too. And so we thought coming from two different generations would be a, a great way to look at this because I feel like it's being talked about more and I'm hoping that it will for her and my kids' generation, it will be an easier topic, but it's still really tough and awkward. Yeah, it's really hard. And also like, it, it can be hard. A lot of times, if you wanna talk, it, talk about it, you have to be the one to initiate that conversation. And you have to be the one who's like, yeah, this is how much debt I have. Or like, yeah, this is, I just negotiated this raise. And not every time you do that, is it gonna work out? <laughs> Like, you know, you can, you can say that at a party and everyone might just avoid eye contact, but maybe if you say that six people will avoid eye contact and two people will be like, yeah, that's great. Or like, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. So just keep trying. That's great information too. I mean, that's such great advice. Um, so in Bank Boost, tell us a little bit about that and how that works as far as um, again, I'm, I'm not just a fan. I'm a customer. I have, the, <laughs> I, I, I got the ebook, but I didn't do the course. Oh yes. Yeah. But um, I've heard, so the, I've seen the course when you're doing it. I've seen the posts about how much people say. Oh yeah. The, the results are bananas. Um, especially considering, um, when we run it again, we're running it. Um, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but we're running bank boost again in November. Um, and it's, we're going to kind of amp it up. Um, we're going to add a component to help people professionally network um, and also people spend less on food because of the incoming uh, recession. <laughs> we, want, we want people um, to be really prepared both financially, professionally, and sort of emotionally. Um, but the way we work Bank Boost is, so there's, a, there's an ebook. And you can, if you can't afford the course, you can just buy the ebook at $17. Um, but we work through the, we work through the ebook and all the content in the ebook over the course of six weeks. Um, so every Monday you get an email telling you like, okay, this is what we're working on. And at the end of every email, there's an accountability question. So I say, click reply and tell me blah, blah, blah. So then you're being held accountable. Um, we have a private Facebook group. Um, and every Monday in the Facebook group, I say, okay, 
what are you going to like, I'll either say like, what bill are you going to renegotiate this week? Um, what feelers are you going to put out to bring in more work? Um, you know, what, what, who are you going to have coffee with this week who can help you professionally? And then, and you answer. And then on Sunday night, I tag you to see if you did it. Oh, wow. Uh, which is terrifying, but incredibly <laughs> effective. Um, and then we also have um, three calls. So you can ask me any questions. We can brainstorm. So if you're saying, you know, so if you're really struggling to figure out like, okay, this is my professional skill set. How can I bring in more money with that skill set? Or like, you know, I live in a rural area. I can't drive lift. What are some things that I can do? So we can brainstorm. Or you, if you have a situation um, that is not addressed in the book or hasn't been addressed in the Facebook group and you want to ask me directly, um, you can do that in the Facebook lives. So it's, there's a lot more accountability. Um, and also the thing that I really love about it is I think a lot of us um, can get up in our heads about this stuff and we can make some pretty spectacular excuses about why we can't or won't do it. And then when you're in the Facebook group and you see what other people are doing with where they are and what they have, you're like, well, my excuses are not valid. Like <laughs> last time there was a woman who made 42 cold calls in one day. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. And she was like, she said that she had to stop twice and take like showers to like wash <laughs> off the anxiety sweat. And, and like when people saw that, they were like, okay, yeah, I can sign up to be a dog walker on Rover. <laughs> if, if Caroline can make 42 cold calls, wow. I can like figure out how to set up an Airbnb account for my spare bedroom. Exactly. Well, and I think, I mean, I think that's such an important topic is we kind of self-sabotage in a oh, sense yeah. where yeah. we're like, oh, like I totally want to get to the school, but then you're like, you know, your mind starts wandering. Oh out. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. And because I've run Bank Boost so often, I can literally, like I have a welcome video. Where I'm like, here are the things that you're going to try and get out of. Here are the yeah. things you're going to try and avoid. Do it anyway. And I have like screenshots from past Bank Boost. One of the things that I tell people is, so we, we set a fund budget. So you figure out how much money you're allowed to spend on fun, discretionary okay. things. You take it out in cash, and that's what you get to spend every week. Because tons of psychological and sociological studies have shown that we value things more when we buy with cash. We spend cash more slowly, um, and we like feel it more. And it's much easier to track. Yeah. Um, everybody always resists it. Maybe like 10% of the people do it. And then they do it and then they post in the Facebook group and saying like, oh my God, I finally took out the cash and it makes a huge difference. So I have like screenshot after screenshot being like, I know you're going to try not to do this. I know you think it's a pain in the butt. Do it anyway. Here, here are 17 people saying that it made a difference. <laughs> well, it's so true with cash. I mean, I, every, I mean, I still keep cash in my wallet and I'm like, well, just in case, like I, you know, I need it for something, but I'm like, no, just pay it with the cash and stop yeah. using the card. <laughs> yes. And also, I mean, depending on, in some states and also at gas stations, in some places they offer a cash discount because, you know, it costs the business money to run your credit card. Yeah. Like I, I prefer because I do all my invoicing for my coaching clients um, via PayPal. And if somebody's, and I have to pay, I think 3%. And if you're giving me a thousand dollars, that's a bunch of money that I don't get to keep. Yeah, definitely. I've actually had a, a few clients pay through Venmo lately and I'm mm -hmm. like, great. <laughs> yes. Amazing. I much prefer just bank transfers or like a physical paper check. Yeah. 
I know every, I, I actually just talked to someone a couple of weeks ago and she was just asking like how I did my invoicing and all of that. And she was like, I'm losing so much money on just bank transfers alone, yeah. like $40 yeah. here and there that I could be using towards so many other things, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I pay thousands of dollars in PayPal fees every year. Yeah. I know they're taking on money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what are some of your um, travel and money tips? Oh gosh. Um, well, I would say the, the two biggest and potentially most obvious ones are go someplace that's not expensive um, and go there for a while because the, the, usually the flight is the most expensive thing. And so like, if you're going to Morocco, Morocco is not expensive, but the flight is. So rather than go to Morocco for a week, save up your time off and go for two weeks. Also, it's going to be much more relaxing you're going to really get to see a lot more of the country. You're going to be, you're going to like come back with an actual understanding of the culture instead of like, yeah, I was in Paris for three days. I saw the Louvre. I saw the Eiffel Tower. I ate some baguettes. I sat by the river. But if you go for a long time, it's, and also because like, if you're going someplace with a big time difference and you have, you have connecting flights, it's incredibly stressful. It takes you like several days just to recover from the jet lag and to sort of get accustomed to the city where you are. So go someplace for a long time and go someplace that is not expensive. And again, like most countries are less expensive than the U S you don't just have to go to Scotland, Ireland, England, Paris. There are so many places, pretty much anything outside of Western Europe and Australia and New Zealand is cheaper than the U S and they're safe. They're lovely. They speak English. If they don't speak English, Google Translate, guys, or yeah. Duolingo. Exactly. Well, and if you have the opportunity to stay for a longer time, like most flights within or trains or, you know, the transportation within those countries are a lot cheaper once you're there. So yeah, yeah. stay for a couple of weeks, you know, and then you can kind of maneuver around. Yep. Um, so I'm curious to know, like, I guess what, uh, we talked a lot about like money mindsets and all of that. Um, I guess what would be your overall money mindset? You know, like some people believe that like money's always flowing and, you know, like mm-hmm. they always have it or some like for me, for instance, like I'm very much someone that's like, I don't know when I'm going to get my next, you know, booking. I need to like save all my money. You know, like what if something happens? Like I'm such a huge, like just in case kind of person. So yeah want to have money for rainy day kind of thing. So, um, yeah, but I'm curious to know what your, I guess, overall money mindset is. Oh gosh. Um, well I would say to me, what is most important to me is that my spending aligns with my values and my happiness. One of the things I teach and put your money where you're happy is, um, is a specific method to check if your if your values and your happiness line with your spending. Cause for, I would say 95% of people, it doesn't. Um, you know, we say things like travel on time with family is what's important to me. And then we look at our bank account statement and we have spent like $200 on travel, but like $1,400 on tar- at Target on like throw pillows and makeup and novelty ballet flats. Um, so what is most important to me is that those things align, that I am donating to causes that are important to me, that I, like I spend definitely multiple for like deep four figures, possibly five figures on travel every year because it's really important to me and I love it. I spend very little on clothing because I'm kind of a minimalist. I have a capsule wardrobe. I work from home uh, and I try to buy everything that I have secondhand. So truly I spend like maybe $300 a year on clothes because I mean, I want to be cute, but that it doesn't, 
affect me in the way that like seeing a new a new area does. Yeah. So I would say that's what's most important to me is just making for sure that um, my spending lines with my values and my happiness. Which you bring up the clothing. Um, that's another big thing that you advocate: clothing, housewares, uh, thrifting. Oh yes, what, yeah. What are a couple of your great thrifting tips? Um, well, so I I actively enjoy going to thrift stores and looking through. Um, through secondhand stuff. And I will also say like, I know that a lot of people have a knee jerk reaction to secondhand um, because they, they have this mindset that like, maybe that's something for quote unquote poor people or like now that I earn X amount, I don't need to do that. Um, but if, if you're, if you don't care about the money aspect, I think it's also really important to think about your carbon footprint, which PS none of us can opt out of. It doesn't matter how much money you make, your carbon footprint still matters. You can't buy your way out of that stuff. Um, and also like buying secondhand, it does not have to be going to Goodwill. You can go to thread up. You can go to a really upscale boutique. You can go to the real real, which is a website that's all secondhand goods. Mm. Um, you can on Amazon, you can search by refurbished. Like there are so many things that you can, any way that you like to shop, there's a way to shop that way that is secondhand and you're going to save so much money. You are going to dramatically reduce your carbon footprint. And you're also going to have stuff that not everybody else has. Like when you go to Target and Old Navy, every time you walk into a barbecue or a party yep. or a conference, somebody else is wearing something that you're wearing. But if you buy vintage, that is unlikely to happen. I will also say that I have a few friends who are interior designers and they actively avoid buying things that were made after 1960 because the um, it's so much lower quality. Like it is so rare that people like build furniture with like tongue and groove anymore. Everything's with that like I think it's called MDF. Mm -hmm. um, and also antiques, as weird as it sounds, are often actually cheaper than new things. Like you can go to any antique store and buy a dresser for two hundred dollars, and you can like maybe buy a dresser for $200 at Ikea that's going to break in two years. Plus you have to assemble it by yourself. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of Ikea assembling after. Yes. Course. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love that. Uh, it's such great, great advice. And um, I have definitely tried to incorporate some of that into my lifestyle as far as I need to, I need to do a huge closet purge and mm. sell some of those things. Yes, absolutely. Like purge your closet, take that stuff, bring it to a resale boutique, and then they'll give you in-store credit. And then you can get a bunch of stuff that's new to you and it's still way cheaper and by now free because you have your in-store credit. Well, and there's so many, I've heard so many great things about some of the online, mm -hmm. uh, places where you can sell Poshmark and yeah, absolutely. Like again, buying secondhand doesn't have to be going to Salvation Army and then buy and like looking for an hour before you can find two sweaters that you like. If you like shopping online, you can absolutely do it for, for secondhand clothes and get nice stuff for like $11. Yeah. 
I know I've always been one to go thrift shopping. And I mean, I definitely think some people don't have the personality for it. Um, they're like, I don't want to sift through all this stuff. But I'm like, if you, but then they like compliment one of the things I'm wearing or whatever it is. And they're like, where did you get it? I'm like, oh, I got it at, you know, Buffalo Exchange. I mean, there's just so many opportunities, especially with internet and apps and all of that. I mean, which is amazing because yeah. for me, like I get anxiety whenever I go to Goodwill or Salvation Army any of those places because there's just so much stuff that mm-hmm. we have in the world. Um, yes. I read this book called Garbology years ago, and it just talks about all the, you know, the, our carbon footprint and like all the accumulation of goods that we you know, keep, it's like the new iPhone comes out. So then we, you know, throw away the old one. And it's just like, when is it ever going to be enough? You know, at some yeah. Point? So. yeah. And I will also say one of the things that I think about is we always say like, I'm going to throw this away, but there is no away. Yeah, like exactly. It's, it's either like going into a landfill where it will be covered up. So it won't even like necessarily biodegrade or it's being shipped to Africa where it's ruining their local economy yeah. Um, or it's gonna, or they're gonna burn it and pollute the atmosphere. <laughs> so like, there is no, not to be, not to get real dark, but uh, <laughs> there is no way. Yeah. Right. I know. It's scary to think about. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, in wrapping up here soon, um, what is? Are there anything that we've missed or that we haven't touched on that you especially want to um, mention or bring up as far as? Any of your tips that we haven't heard or? Um, the only thing that I would say is I know that that many people, especially when it comes to money, are so, so scared and they have so much shame that they deal with that by avoiding it. Mm-hmm. They don't open their bills. They don't check their bank account statements. You know, they just avoid it. Um, which I totally get. I think we all have areas in our life, maybe not a financial area, but we all have areas in our life where we do that. Um, but I will say the anecdote to anxiety is action. Like the only thing that's going to make you feel better is doing the work. I promise if you can just like work up the gumption to, to open, to open and look at your bank account statement. If you can work up the gumption to say to your best friend or your partner, like I want to be with better with money, like it will make you feel better to take action. Mm-hmm. ignoring it isn't, isn't going to get you anywhere and it's only going to make it worse. Yeah. Actually something that, uh, uh, that happens very frequently is people take my bank boost because it's very affordable. Um, this next round that I'm running, which is the recession, the recession proof your life round, um, I think will be $97. Oh, and wow. we have a we have a policy that if you don't at least double your investment, we will double your money back. So it's like it's risk free, but you have wow. to do all the steps. Yeah. If you if you don't do it, if you don't come to the Facebook lives, if you don't reply to my emails, you're not getting your money back, guys. You have to actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a lot of people who take bank boost with a friend, with a parent, with their partner. They both sign up, they hold each other accountable. And it is so sweet to see in the Facebook group, them being like, we're getting together at lunch to talk about this. Like, you know, we're going to the library together and checking out books because it's free and we're not taking that money out of our fund budget. So if you have been thinking about bank boost or even just if you don't take bank boost, but you want to get serious about your money journey, I am, 99.9% sure there's someone else in your life who wants to get their money stuff figured out, who would love to do it with you if you took the first step. Yeah. 
So maybe in your group text, you know, send out a Facebook message or next time you're having coffee with a friend one-on-one, -on -one, um, maybe just say like, how do you feel about money? Because I'm trying to be better up about it and then see where that conversation goes. And if they're also trying to be better, see if they want to join you in tracking your spending or cutting up your credit cards or even just like both delete the Amazon app from your phone together. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's really important to, um, I recently took this quiz and I can't remember, it's going to bug me, um, who put it out there, but um, it basically, you find out how you're motivated. So whether it's like external. Oh, is it, is it, oh, it's probably Gretchen Rubin's The Fortune. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think it's also important to maybe take that kind of, that quiz beforehand so you can know like, okay, well, I'm an internally motivated person. Like I can do this on my own, but if you're, I mean, like me, I am very much externally motivated and I like to have, you know, someone else with me, you know, going through it with me. So you know, I think it's important to maybe even take yeah. that before so that way you can kind of figure out how you can best succeed in that yep yep awesome well i have a uh, we have two more questions yes. um one uh, they're just like our fast round questions um so one i guess what would be your overall definition of success oh gosh for me success is having the space in my bank account and in my calendar to pretty much do what i want um I, we were talking before we started recording i just got back from a 12 day birthday trip uh, in two and a half weeks. I'm going to Morocco and the UAE for three and a half weeks. Um, in December, I'm meeting up with a good friend in the Mojave Desert. And then in January, I'm going to Costa Rica for three weeks with my mom um, and then meeting up with a friend down there. And to me, that feels like success. Like I can afford to do those things. I can take time off from work or work from there. And that is my, and I can do it without you know, having to eat rice and beans without alienating people in my life, without, you know, making all of my clients mad. So to me, that is my personal version of success. Sounds like success to me. <laughs> we would love to hear what are the three words that come to mind when you think about money? Oh gosh. Um, I would say intentionality, Good. um, freedom. Yeah because it can bring you freedom. Oh gosh. And I would also say neutral because like, I think that there, if you don't have money or if you're quote unquote bad with money, you have a lot of shame around it. If you make a lot of money, you might also feel weird about it. Like once you start out earning your parents, if you out earn your partner, um, you know, if you, like I left a career in ESL working on a nonprofit, making $60 an hour. And obviously now I earn more than my friends who stayed in that field. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to have shame around it, but I try to view money as neutral. It's like electricity. You can use it for good. You can use it for evil. It is simply a means of exchange. Yeah. Um, so I think if we can take the sort of like having more of it doesn't mean that you're smarter. Mm -hmm. um, it also doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Yeah. Um, and having less of it doesn't mean that you're lazy or dumb. Um, so I, I really try with myself and with um, my students and my clients to make money as neutral as possible. That is gold. I love that. Oh my goodness. That's such a beautiful thing to, and such a beautiful way to say that because yes, it is 
it should be mutual, but oh man, it's not it's really, I mean, it, it will take you probably, it will take any of us like years to get to a place where money is neutral, but I think it's a good goal and it's a mindset that can be helpful to all of us. Oh, definitely. I mean, like I want to talk about that on like every episode now. <laughs> that's huge. I feel like that's, that's going to make talking about money easier. Mm-hmm. Yep. If it doesn't have all this emotion attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's just I information. I think that's why people have such a hard time talking about it because mm-hmm. it is such an emotional topic. Yeah. yeah. For all the reasons you just stated so beautifully. (laughs) This has been so amazing to talk to you and to hear all of your good info. We will be sure and put up the link for um, Bank Boost and for your Money and Happy free Facebook group. Yes. And and thank you for Thanks for having me, guys. All your money wisdom with us. Yeah, and uh, we'd like to obviously share your resources and where can everyone find you um, on Instagram, on websites and all of that. Um, So my blog is yesandyes.org. You can find me on all social media, Yes and Yes blog. I'm on Instagram stories almost every day. Um, And then my Money and Happy Facebook group, which is lovely. It's everyone is so supportive and so helpful and just you know, someone will post in there and be like, how do I talk to my partner about money? And then there'll be like 75 posts and then they'll come back and be like, I had a, the conversation that everybody high fives them. Um, oh. It's a really, really lovely, safe space to talk about money. Um, and it's free. So if you're looking at, and also I will say I make people before they can get into the Facebook group, I make them answer three questions. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what is your financial goal? How do you want to feel when you look at your bank account? And most importantly, do you promise not to use this space to promote your, yourself, your services, or try and sell multi-level marketing products? Um, so there is virtually no spam and no pushiness in there. I've never seen any. Yeah. Yeah. And and if it does pop up, there are like 36 people who report it immediately. So, which I, uh, which I love. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Such a great community to be a part of for sure. Well, all right. Thanks so much. And go follow her and, and soak up the wisdom. I'm, yeah. I'm very thankful. I need to give a shout out to Nora uh, Borealis. That's how I found you. Oh, fun. Yeah. Because Nora is great. Talks about money and yeah. the fact that she talks about money and then she talked about you as somebody who helped her with money mm-hmm. and I think habits, which we Yes. Yes. Yeah. She took my habit school class and it um, really helped her set up her mornings successfully. It's, and of course, unsurprisingly, there's a huge overlap between money and habits. And if you can get your, um, your spending habits under control, you can dramatically change everything in your life, honestly. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, I feel like we could easily again. talk to you for yeah. a, another two hours and, <laughs> yeah. not everything and still just be finding these amazing gems and just, I mean, we could go off on a no, whole nother, uh, we could have a whole nother show about money and habits. So we'll yeah. have, have you come back again. Yes. <laughs> that one so yeah thank you again and everyone please go check her out and find all her resources I mean I love how you know tangible they are and also just you know affordable they are you know you can get most of these resources at a really low cost so you should definitely take advantage thank you again Sarah we really appreciate it thank Thank you. you
Okay, you all know the drill. Please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And might as well hit that subscribe button while you're there. And let's keep the conversation going on Instagram. Share your favorite part from this week's show, and who knows, we may slide into your DMs with a surprise. All right, we'll see you next Money Monday.